0: Hey legends, welcome to Hellmouth Hotline, I'm your host Rodney Stewart. We're getting into Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Now, this one here for me, uh, in all fairness, this is one I don't think I watched up to this point. There's absolutely no part of this movie that I can recall whatsoever going into it. But, um, yes, after the previous movie, it was just what the doctor ordered, it really was, uh, the, the last one, they were, there. they were sort of setting up in the, the original storyline for this movie had uh, Tommy Jarvis becoming the series' new antagonist and uh, it ended off with him with a hockey mask on and with the knife in his hand and that's what they were planning to do but they, the fans didn't like it and... Uh, Yes, they decided to bring Jason back. The Jason. And they did it in great style in this movie. have to say, glad to see it. I wasn't a huge fan of the previous movie, has to be said. And that idea of uh, switching it up and becoming like a copycat killer just, yeah, just didn't work for me. So thankfully they didn't do it. So, um, yes, this... uh, came out nineteen eighty six budget of nineteen point four million on sorry a budget of three million and it made back nineteen point four million so they as I did say <laughs> these movies are are were a cash cow back in the day and uh yes they uh the fans you know they were gonna show up for them no matter what the movie was going to be like, but uh I, I genuinely I feel that if they had have went with that idea of switching it off from Jason, probably would have killed the series off in short order, and uh yes, again thankfully they didn't do it, and excuse me I'm kind of bunged up tonight so uh forgive me if I trip over my words here but there's a huge big giant word and my notes here that I'm looking forward to trying to say because uh, it's getting fairly close to bedtime for me. Saying as I've been up since four o'clock this morning, and it is now what, ...about twenty past eight. As I'm starting to record this, as we're online for nine o'clock, so I'm tired. Of it and then there's a heat wave happening here in Northern Ireland at the moment, and uh, I've been working on the blast freezer all day, so coming out from like, minus goodness knows what, to uh, huge, huge temperatures from Northern Ireland. kind of bunged up now because of it. But, anyway, digress. Talking nonsense. Three minutes in. Let's get into this here review. Um, Yes. Again, the, what I do like about these movies is it keeps a little bit of continuity going. I, they do try their hardest. To start off with the previous movie, Left Off... And uh, this one here, you know, some time after the the events at the halfway house in the previous movie, Tommy Jarvis again is in this movie. Um, he's released from the institution that he was in. Um, you know, even though he's still having hallucinations of Jason, uh, who he, of course, killed whenever he was a kid. Um, he gets out and he returns to Crystal Lake which in this movie has now been renamed Forest Green and what he's planning on doing is confronting his fears by going to the graveyard one of his friends is with him, this guy Alm. they find Jason's grave there's a thunderstorm happening of course horror movie, they're building it up nicely and uh, Tommy's idea is to cremate Jason's body to make damn sure that he's never going to come back and uh, yes they dig him up uh, open the coffin, there's the corpse in there and of course Tommy starts having these flashbacks to the last time he had an encounter with Jason and he grabs hold of this metal fence prong thing and peels Jason's dead body with it going crazy, they can just whack, die, die, go to hell, more or less, you know, that sort of, they'll excuse any sound that you're probably going to hear outside the office, it is fairly close to a road here, and there's a lot of stuff happening, but I'm, I'm hoping I've got the settings in this desk set up properly, it'll cut that out, so hopefully you're not hearing anything, but if you are, I do apologise. Yeah, so Tommy, me he impales the, the corpse of Jason, with this metal fence post and uh, a couple of lightning bolts strike the post and that causes Jason to come back to life as an immortal revenant essentially and it's going to be unkillable from here on in Uh, Jason he proceeds to kill the friend of Tommy and uh, puts on the hockey mask ...which Tommy just happened to bring off him... ...because that, you know, that's what the one thing that you're kind of thinking... ...at the beginning of these movies... you know, ...how the hell is he going to get hold of this hockey mask again... ...and they do work out a way of him getting it and putting it back on... ...so he's up out of the grave... ...and he's ready to take out whoever gets in his way... ...to just getting into the standard sort of Jason movie essentially... Uh, Tommy runs, he gets to the sheriff's office to try and warn the police of Jason's return, returned But he's arrested, threw him to the clink And, you know, they're not going to listen to him, the sheriff Mike Garris, he's aware of Tommy's inst- institutionalisation There you go! Just one, little slip up, but I got it Institutionalisation, that is a huge, huge word And I don't think I've ever said anything longer than that Besides, uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, but then that's—is that even a word? But ugh, shut up, Rodney. Just talk about the movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, the sheriff—he reckons this guy's listening, that Jason's returned. Um, back out in the road, camp counselors, Darren and Elizabeth get lost looking for Camp Forest Green, and they're stopped by Jason who murders them both. Just just you know, as I say, Jason's up and about, he's going to do his thing. Again, we get that reworked formula of camp counsellors getting taken out. Um, yes, it's sheer bubblegum for the brain, these movies, it is. Like, you don't get into these movies expecting Shakespeare, do you? You get them there to see what the heck Jason's going to do this time. I think this movie here... In particular, was, like Freddy Krueger, the further through the series we went on Nightmare on Elm Street, the more of a celebrity status Freddy Krueger achieved. And I think by the time we got to this part of the Freddy the 13th series, this is where Jason started to get that same sort of status. In my uh, humble opinion, watching them back in this one. Um... The following morning, the sheriff's daughter, Megan, and a couple of her friends, they arrive at the police station to report Darren, Elizabeth, Darren and Elizabeth missing. Tommy tries to warn them about Jason, but he's now considered uh, an urban legend. You know, Everybody knows the story of Jason, but was he actually a real person? Nobody seems to know. And uh, they're doing their hardest Local authorities to cover up anything to do with them. They have like renamed the town And everything trying to move away from the history Of Crystal Lake and all that sort of stuff Um, Yeah Of course Everybody keeps ignoring the warnings that Tommy's given them Though Megan She starts to grow attached to him Back in the woods Jason happens upon uh, A corporate paintball game There's a good bit of humour And comedy Dark humor, dark comedy, I should say, in the sequence for uh, this corporate company. They're out, like in a team building exercise, and they're having a paintball game. And uh, Jason turns up and he, he kills all of them. <laughs> three members by decapitation, crushing the fourth member's face on a tree, and dismembering the fifth member. So, uh, yes, the effects are pretty damn good in this movie as well has to be said he then steals a machete from one of them so of course that's the two standard things the mask and the machete and you're always wondering how he's going to get hold of these if he doesn't have them if he has to acquire them where is he going to get them at so that's what happens he gets the machete here Um, and the process of discovering he now possesses super superhuman strength as a result of his resurrection so uh, Jason's you know, he's thick as champ, but... Now that he's got superhuman power behind him... Um, yeah, that's, that's upping the odds in a big, big, bad way. Uh, camp Forest Green children arrive. Uh, this is the first time now, um, in the series where you actually get small children involved in the main story of what's happening. Like every other movie was more or less the camp counselors turning up to get the camp ready and whatnot and more or less taken out before like the, the summer break or whatever started. But in this movie you've got the counsellors there, you've got the children as well. So um uh, you're wondering what's gonna happen here because uh like the the body count just seems to rise and rise with every movie. So uh yeah. Uh where are we at? Um Yes, children arrive, teens do their best to run the camp without Darren and Elizabeth. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, the sheriff decides to escort Tommy out of his jurisdiction due to his influence on his daughter. And uh, he's just like, you know, get the hell out of my town. I don't want to see your face in here again. And if you come back, I'll lock you up and throw away the key, more or less. Um, On the way, Tommy tries to make a run for Jason's grave. Uh, but finds that the caretaker has covered it up to deny responsibility for it being dug up in the first place. And uh, it's more or less... This is reinforcing the opinion that the, the police have on Tommy, that he's dreamed all this up. There's no Jason. It's all in his head and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. Whose uh, body is buried in place of Jason's body, so... Uh, that's the kid at the beginning of the movie, uh, Tommy's friend. Uh, Jason chucked him into the grave, more or less, and then the caretaker seen it. And he's just like, you know, I'm going to cover this up and, you know, if there's who, who cares what body's on there, more or less. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tommy, he's then handcuffed and escorted out of the town by... The sheriff tells him never to return. That night, Jason murders the caretaker of the graveyard and a nearby couple who witness uh, the murder. Uh, Meanwhile, Gort goes out to have sex with a girl named Nicola Parsley. Jason kills the two of them. You know, as I say, it's all standard issue. Friday the 13th stuff For the vast majority Of these movies bubble Bubblegum for the brain Horror fans Eat it up I'm like, I, I've actually At this point Of recording this podcast I couldn't wait I Rented them all I was Wasn't well On Monday And Tuesday of This week So I took time Off work And Got the Amazon Prime Prime video Just rented all around me And I've actually Watched them all up until... And I've literally just finished uh, Freddy vs. Jason. So I'm dying to get through these movies now. But I'm going to be doing them on a weekly basis. Every Friday. But uh, I'm eating them up. Loving them. That's good, good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, the sheriff's men find... They start to find victims' bodies. And the sheriff immediately implicates Tommy and the murderers believing he has gone insane. Imagining... Jason so the sheriff is kind of holding on to that idea that they were originally going to go off that Tommy was indeed the murderer in this movie so you know even though they've brought Jason back they're still holding a few of those threads there from the original idea Uh, Tommy contacts Megan this is the, the sheriff's daughter and convinces her to help him lure Jason back to Crystal Lake uh meanwhile uh Jason makes his way to the camp, kills another couple of the counsellors, but refrains from harming the children. Uh meanwhile Tommy and Megan are pulled over by the police and her father's there too. Despite Megan's alibi uh that she was with Tommy whenever these murders was happening. The sheriff still doesn't believe him to be innocent and arrests him. Uh, he then goes to the camp to investigate, uh, and Tommy and Megan, manage to trick one of the deputies and escape, um, Jason, uh, at the camp kills the two deputies, and, uh, they t- he takes out the sheriff as well, um, yeah, so, uh, big, big body count in this movie, um, Jason, uh, then he's the coming up towards the end of the movie. He's getting ready to kill Megan when Tommy calls to him from the lake. He's on a little boat out there. The idea he has, and it's you know, I've I've seen the little toys that have been advertised on Facebook there. You know, nearly every other year on the lead up to Halloween, that's like a little uh, statue for like a fish tank. And it's Jason Voorhees chained to the rock. So you stick it under the bottom of your fish tank. And this is the movie that that comes from. So that's the idea. To so lure Jason out into the water. Chain him up to this rock. Sink him to the bottom of the lake. And hopefully he'll never come back again. Um, apparently uh, Tommy calls him to the lake. Uh, ...apparently remembering his killer... ...Jason goes after Tommy instead... Uh, ...my notes are absolutely shocking... ...because I just read that back... ...and it doesn't look like it's... ...making any sense whatsoever... ...but... ...anyway... ...Jason goes after Tommy... Uh, ...Tommy's attacking the boat... ...in the middle of the lake... ...he does manage to eventually get the boulder ...around Jason's neck to trap him... ...but Jason fights back... ...of course he's not going to... ...go down without a fight... ...um... ...he's holding Tommy underwater long enough to more or less drown him um, Megan rushes out to save him but she's nearly killed when I mean, Jason grabs her leg he's at the bottom of the lake stuck to this rock but he's hanging off up that he can grab hold of her feet um, she turns the boat's uh, motor on this little motor boat and uh, the motor starts cutting Jason's neck and throat, and um, he lets her go. And this more or less knocks him out. Let's just say, I like, guess it's Jason where he's he has been supernaturally resurrected by lightning at the beginning of the movie. And it's, you know, he's not gonna be taken out too easily, so uh, yeah. But he's out long enough for them to escape. She takes Tommy back to the shore, you know, does mouth to mouth on him gets him woke up and at the end Tommy says it's finally over and that Jason is home so uh, Jason is shown to be still alive at the bottom of the lake uh, anchored to this rock waiting for another opportunity to come back again it is tasty tasty horror I think for me having watched all of them now I think I would actually put this as probably my favourite out of the Friday the 13th movies and it was definitely shared in some of the other info that I've been looking up on it here Um, it says uh, Jason Lives was the first in the series to receive some positive reception from the critics since the original Uh, in the years since its release its self-referential humour and numerous instances of breaking the fourth wall have been praised for prefiguring Kevin Williamson's Scream series um, yeah Jason Lives is considered a fan favourite in the series I have to agree with that uh, in addition to receiving positive notice from horror movie historians it grossed £19.4 million at the US box office with a budget of free William and of course the next movie in the series is going to be The New Blood so you're going to get that uh, next Friday. But, uh, yes, I've got my own opinions on that movie, but for me, this one here was definitely one of the high points in the series. I absolutely loved it. And, you know, I'm not the biggest horror fan, um, it's not... And again, if you haven't been listening to the podcast long enough to get much details about me, I... And back in the day, uh... Excuse the noise outside the office once again, if you can hear that. Um, Back in the day, me and a few friends would have got together at the weekends. We would have rented out some movies. We would have sat and had a few beers on a Friday night or a Saturday night. We would sit and watch three or four movies and, you know, just have a bit of fun. And for the most part, horror movies was coming in this environment but um it was never really my go-to growing up as a kid um early teenage years like and whenever we were doing this you're talking i was like 19 20 years old at the time and that's really when we started to delve in deeper to these sorts of things but when you're watching it in that environment if you have a group of friends around you there's a few beers involved you're not really concentrating on the movie really at the end of the day you're just having a bit of fun but uh yes so have ducked in and out of them for me my go-tos were like the the old school horror movies like you know the like, uh, Dracula Frankenstein the classic universal monsters as you call them and of course the Hammer series you know, that's more or less like, you know that's all sort of tame stuff for the most part most of it. But uh you're getting into the early eighties and movies like Freddy the thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street was a wee bit darker and more real in a way than some of those other old movies. But uh you know, and and having said that there if you really do take a chance and look back at some of the stuff that was coming out in the 80s. If you even look at some of the 80s cartoons, like there was some dark, dark stuff on there that you would really wouldn't be able of place in a horror movie. But anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying um, I'm enjoying this podcast just for the, the chance of actually getting into some classic horror movies and checking them out properly once and for all without any distractions. And for me, Jason loves was a great great watch and that's definitely that's definitely one that i will not skip over if i'm you know scanning through this series of movies uh for me uh they were getting fairly repetitive in a way uh as i say standard stuff when you get into a jason movie he pops up and he's killing camp counselors more or less ...around Crystal Lake... ...and the first three movies were very, very similar... ...in tone... ...and what happens in them... ...but as I say, bubblegum for the brain... ...and of course... ...you know... ...they started to try and... ...change it up a little bit... ...and the change in the previous movie... ...was just a change too far... But thankfully they fixed that for this movie. And it's great. Absolutely fantastic. If you haven't seen Jason Lives, I would definitely highly recommend this one out of the entire series. Right, that's going to do it for me tonight. I have to get this. I've got about 22 minutes to get this edited and put online. These uh, episodes of Hellmouth Hotline are supposed to pick it up. Monday and Friday at 9pm GMT. So gonna get that sorted now. Guys, stay safe. I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.